KCI Kindled, creating space for meaningful dialogue, a podcast brought to you by Gunawage Collective Impact. The goal of this podcast is to open up a safe space for community members to have conversations about current social issues, both inter-community and global issues, culture and heritage, and language. This space encourages respectful expression of different opinions and perspectives. The opinions and perspectives expressed belong to the guests of the show and do not represent the views of Gunawage Collective Impact or KSES Gunawage. This episode's discussion contains sensitive subject matter. Please listen with discretion. Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. Uh, welcome back, everybody. I am Karina Peterson, and uh, this is, I believe, it's episode number five of the Men's Health series uh, podcast, um, KCI Kindled, creating space for meaningful conversation. We are networking and collaborating with KSCS on this project, and uh, a bunch of willing, awesome community members are also part of this project. And I just want to introduce everyone here at the table today. Let's start counterclockwise. We have Cody. Hi, I'm Cody and uh, coming in peppy and <laughs> joyful and uh, just real appreciative today. Awesome. And next we have David. So yeah, today I'm, yes, appreciative of especially the beautiful sunshine outside. Um, but there's also a shade of tiredness, like sleep was harder to find this week. There's a lot like going into my mind that was kind of harder to, uh, settle my thoughts and find focus. So that's, that's a bit where I'm standing. So some kind of like half and half state. Half and half. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. And we have... Brent. <laughs> Hi, Brent. <laughs> Hello. Um, I think I, I had... I had my therapy session like two hours ago. And so there's still like this sense of tenderness that's, that's here. And especially knowing what we're about to talk about, there's maybe a little bit of like apprehension, like, mm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to talk about that, <laughs> <laughs> but I will. And since we, we just kind of did a bit of a check in here, we have everyone sort of in a good mood, a little bit apprehensive just because of the content for myself today. Um, I also had a counseling session this morning, but I, I like had to cut it short because my life has just been like really busy, really, really, really busy. But I'm still uh, what I'm trying to like hang on to those things that I know that I fundamentally need to keep myself well, while all this busyness is happening, happening. And uh, I'm recovering from a cold. So you could probably hear it a little bit in my my voice today. I'm a little nasally. <laughs> But the sunshine, like the sun has such a great effect on me. I'm someone who's like extremely um, influenced by the weather. So like those cloudy, cold, dreary, rainy days are, are not, they're not a vibe for me. <laughs> it's a vibe, but a very low vibe for me. So the sunshine is a really... And we had a lot lately of these like rainy, gray days. So yeah. it feels really nice. Yeah, it's awesome. You could actually see the colors outside, mm -hmm. like the red of the building just outside is beautiful right now. So I appreciate that today. And I'm also very peppy and focused, focused and also a little bit apprehensive just because of the subject for today's topic. 
so I guess we should. Uh, okay. So I want to introduce this topic uh, slowly and then the conversations leading up to it before we really, really get into it. Um, so this has been on our general discussion topics from like the very first brainstorm that we had for this um, podcast. And it's on violence and aggression. And uh, like our world is plagued with this everywhere. And it's genderless and it's ageless. And it's just it's it's here. Violence and aggression exists mm -hmm. and it exists a lot in our community, specifically in various forms like bullying, domestic violence, sexual violence. As many faces. Yeah, very, a lot of faces. Um, but we started the first few episodes sort of just uh, like shallow waters, you know, like just like just I mean, the subjects that we talked about were like super important. We talked about vulnerability. We talked about like job and career choices and relationships and all kinds of really important things. And we've sort of just been trying to ease our way into this more difficult subject matter of violence and aggression. And uh, we had a couple of like brainstorming group discussions outside of the podcast office. Um, and um, I just want to recall that one meeting where we were talking about it and everyone was really, really emotional and heightened and expressive and even angry. Like I remember Cody like actually saying, I'm kind of pissed today because of certain events that have happened in the community um, over the weekend that time. And like, so I just want to like, uh, what, where am I going with this? I want to like debrief these things like like if we think about certain recent events that may have happened or like campaigns that may have happened and triggered a bunch of people like I just sort of want to start off with that <laughs> um Cody maybe you could talk about like that meeting and uh like when you got up and you were well you didn't stand up actually but to me in my mind you were like <laughs> and it was an, like an important moment because it sparked so much discussion so yeah um and that was probably one of the first times in in my life to be that vulnerable to a lot of people that i'm not connected to in personal ways to to express feeling yeah and i i felt angry because of all the all the events that were happening and all the violence all the um I guess events, uh, you know, through campaigns or whatever it may be, um, because I felt that I was failing, you know, the male population because, you know, I'm so passionate about, you know, supporting, supporting men and to find quicker solutions and alternatives for, for men to not resort to violence or different sorts of aggression and outbursts. I felt like I wasn't doing my part quick enough. So I became frustrated and angry on beating myself up and, and, and saying like, well, you're not moving quick enough. You're not, you know, you're not meeting the supply and demand at rapid, at a rapid uh, speed or pace. Uh, and, you know, being there and, and, you know, walking, walking in a lot of men's shoes of, you know, the bar fighting and fights in the street and being jumped and all these different situations, you know. I participated and I also was on the receiving end of a lot of those things, you know, and the end results were, you know, 
back of police cars uh, overnight in, in, in the drunk tanks and, and everything else, right? Um, so I just kind of want to see change in, in the sense of doing something good with that anger and frustrations and, and violence, right? I mean, there's always got to be, there's not always, but I think I want to be that positive example to showcase that, you know, there's much more than punching somebody's face or lateral violence or bullying and all these different things where it's okay to be human mm-hmm. because growing up, I seen a lot of violence, you know, whether it was in my home, aunties, uncles, in the street, hockey. I played a lot of hockey growing up, mm-hmm. endured a lot of racism, a lot of, um, you know, fighting on the ice, uh, high school, middle school, bullying and all this stuff where got to experience both ends of that. And, um, today I got one, one good fight left in me. And I, I, I want to save that fight for when I really need it because, uh, you know, me punching your face or doing whatever isn't going to resolve what's going on with me internally. And, you know, some of the topics that we're going to talk about and that violence and aggression is solely based on me because of those demons of, uh, being jealous, envious, uh, and again, we come back to these these terms that are repetitive, you know, the shame, the guilt, self-sabotage, isolation. These are a lot of things that <clears throat> men beat themselves up about. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous because Brent and David have facial hair and I struggle <laughs> growing what I have. Um, you know, some go as far as, you know, physique, you know, muscles, abs, all these different things where men, well, the hell with that guy. I'm going to punch his face because I can't have that instead of okay. redirecting that, that fear or anger and aggression towards somebody else that you're, you're jealous of or whatever and putting that into yourself and doing the work and, and to see positive outcomes or outcomes in general. We're kind of changing the narrative, right? I think anyway, in my opinion, mm-hmm. maybe you guys want to chime in and see, see where this picture uh, takes us. Yeah, there's something that um, that you've said earlier that resonated with me because it is very human. We're not saying that experiencing anger, rage, powerlessness, shame, guilt, that this will never happen. This is not what we're talking about. I think what we're talking about is like what you do with these emotions mm-hmm. and that punching someone's face might provide some form of uh, short-term relief, but... I'm not sure like morally how you're going to like, where are you going to place that in terms of relating to yourself and, and how you see yourself and what you're referring to is, is addressing the cause of what creates or leads to these emotions. And I think there's a better chance that when you do that, well, you might not experience the same situations in the same way. So let's say that, you know, being jealous of someone's physique you know, I guess the, the, the easiest guess is, I guess is to, to say that it's out of like maybe some wounds around self-esteem. Addressing that will make you less vulnerable to the same situations. You'll feel better about yourself. And when you feel better about yourself, you're less jealous and less envious. Yeah. Because you don't feel that, that you're lacking something or that you're lesser than. Mm. And that's one of the things that I can think of right now about what you referred to as doing the work. But of course, like it's, it's, uh, I don't think we've ever said, cause it's, it wouldn't be the case. It's not an easy work to do. Uh, it, it requires to a certain form of, um, 
restraint mm-hmm. too because because quick discharge of like an intense emotion can feel like it's easier and i think on the like <clears throat> on the other hand of that of like uh, jealousy or having anger towards somebody because of x y and z you know let, let's continue with the body you know mm-hmm. yeah we might be upset because uh we can't be in as good as shape as you know the next person to us but not realizing and understanding the the problems that they may be struggling with right maybe there's eating disorders or x y and z to keep them in that type of high maintenance and, and into the mm-hmm. gym on on a certain degree right so it's uh, i think that's more of your guys is uh but it's also maybe a misunderstanding in terms of fitness and physique because like uh like fitness people work really hard for that mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. out of anybody's reach to learn so it's like there's that too it's a yeah. question of it's it can also be a question of your priorities and mm-hmm. what you decide to put forward. I just want to bring it uh, back just for a second because, like, uh, Cody, Cody talked about something. He he mentioned something that I that struck out to me is pretty important, and it actually came up in that meeting too. Is that like because of the nature of the work that we all do here, sitting at the table, we're all in the business of trying to help people, right? Creating healthier stronger, more res- resilient, happier people. That's everyone's nodding their head here. So like clearly, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what we're all here for. So like, I'm not a counselor or anything like that. So I'm not like helping people in that manner, but just everything else in my life, it's a passion of mine. I want to see my community get better. And, um, and I think we're all like-minded here as well. So when you had mentioned that, like as somebody who works really hard in trying to make changes in the community and then to see these instances of violence continuing to happen like in the extreme cases of aggression where people are you know need medical treatment or people are getting jail time for it like that it makes you really upset especially like as a male because some of the in, some of the incidents incidences involve males and like you're trying to really help people with it and like and it is kind of disheartening you know like if things keep happening and you're like well like what you just said right like I'm not working hard enough or there's more that we could be doing or how come this isn't working or how come the message isn't getting across um and I just kind of want to say that like just you mentioning that kind of shows that that it is getting across Mm. because you also mentioned too that you're that was like one of the first times you were vulnerable in front of another group of people that are not like your friends and your family. So like to be able to express that in front of everyone and then have all the other guys at the table express the same sentiment. Like that was, that was electric, you know, that was. And congrats by the way, Cody, because, because it requires a lot of courage to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll dare to say perhaps Especially in this community, would you say? I know that because for for myself, I'm not from here, and and it really depends what the crowd is, right? Mm. And especially if it's with a bunch of other guys, I'll, I'll probably monitor what I'm saying, right? But maybe even though you know the group that was present were not family and friends uh, or close friends, you felt that you know there was enough safety to to just own up and and share that yeah 
Well, at the same time, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm starting to learn and experience a little bit more is it's it's easier to walk the talk and not just talk. So if I'm going to be helping people one on one or being some sort of uh, helper figure in, in a community or, or wherever, right? I mean, I have to be on the up and up and, and, you know, have the courage and strength mm-hmm. or to be strong enough, at least to to walk my talk. It's not the intent to push my beliefs or values or, or anything on, on individuals, you know. It's it's simply me practicing what I preach. But yeah, no matter where where I am, whether it's here in the community, Montreal, wherever, I've experienced so much different name calling and different situations where, eh, are you really worth it? Or is this really worth that? Sometimes it is. It's tempting. But what I've also learned was, you know, call me what you want to call me, but just don't call me late for dinner. (laughs) And that's kept me pretty... Pretty reluctant and and not facing any sort of judge or jail time, <laughs> you know. So, uh, and that's and that, and that that for me and 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 sharing that that's my contribution to positive examples that mm-hmm. many don't have. You know. What I what I hear as well from what you're saying is a is a is a care, and there's a part of me that hopes that that's what these conversations are allowing for us to open like art that cares about this. You know, I, I'm, when I was listening to you, what you were saying in the beginning of this, uh, of this, this conversation, it just, it had me thinking about this on a, on a global scale and how, how good I feel like saying we, but I can talk just for me, how good I am at, at not caring about those things. Bombs dropping all over the place, mm. you know, people dying all every day, every, every hour, every minute. And I'm, you know, I'm worried about what's for dinner kind of thing, you know? And so at least in this hour and a half, there's this hope that we can turn on mm. that, that button that says care about these things and that we can keep it on and, yeah. and, and have a conversation with that, with that somewhere. I had a, an experience recently. Uh, like I, I run a teen CrossFit program at the gym and, uh, we are mostly males in the class. We do have like a a good number of females too, but like we went on a trip recently and, uh, we went to Kirkland Point Claire area to ISO, the trampoline jumping place, still fitness related. And, um, it was really like, it was really sad actually, because like, here we have all these strong kids and we're teaching them, you know, to be proud of who they are, their self-esteem involved in it. There's like resilience involved in our, what we do at the gym. And like, they're all really awesome kids. But then we go to this place and they're met with racism Mm -hmm. and uh, like comments. I mean, it's, it was, it's very clear that we're a bunch of res people, right? Because all the boys have their braids and like, we're, we're clearly res folks. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's just really sad that like we had a, well, the specific group of kids that the interaction was with is also a minority group. So like mm. they, they were, you know, it takes two to have an interaction. So like our kids, their kids, but all these racist remarks were going back and forth and they were French speaking. So that's a whole other layer of violence on top of all of that. And our kids were getting like, really like, like you could see the rage building inside. And, uh, 
like I, I'm lucky that I work with John and I work with another uh, JD sailor and they were along. Well, <laughs> they're like my children. Right. So like you don't mess with mama's kids and I'm like right in there ready to fight for them. I'm like, come here. But <laughs> not actually. I never hit anyone in my life. But um, but yeah, like I'm standing up for these kids. I speak a little bit of French. So I'm talking to the staff at ISO and we're figuring it out right like I'm the voice for them because they're all just gonna beat each other up otherwise but so I'm doing that as my part but then the JD and John the other coaches were talking to the kids on the side to uh calm them down I guess right and like listen you guys are strong you you all know you're super strong like use your strength right now and like, mm. yes, it sucks. Yes, it hurts. But let it go for now. And let's just like have a good time before they kick us out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and um, so we made a deal. They made a deal. Like those kids would stay there. And then if any of our kids approached, they would separate. <laughs> like stay on separate sides of the the facility. So no further interactions could happen. And um, like, but we had one student with the braid and he was like really, really, really upset. And it like completely ruined his whole night. Mm. So I kept like, you know, talking to him like, listen, like you're stronger than them right now just because you're holding back and you're telling me that you're upset. I know that you're upset. So that's amazing that you're telling me this, you know. And uh, like it did sort of ruin the rest of his night, but like it's kind of it was a really sad experience that day that we experienced that we went through that there. But at the same time, it was really empowering for them to not break out in that aggressive violence. Let's beat everybody up thing, because on the bus on the way home, like on the way there, they all sat in separate seats. And then on the way home, they were all jumping in together and laughing and bonding and the bus was super loud on the way home, but it's because they just went through this really gross experience together and they did not choose the violence route, you know, so they were able to sort of hold it back. But again, they have three people that are holding their emotions for them, you know, so like they, they had support there to help guide them through this really awful situation. So like it, it was a really good experience at the same time as how sad it was too. So there's a whole bunch of like, small little issues that we could pick apart this experience, right? Because that other minority mm -hmm. group also experiences violence. So maybe they're internalizing that. And, you know, there's all different kind of ways that you could pick that apart. But my point in bringing this up is like the rage that came with it. And I even have it written here, powerlessness and rage. So like um, I could see that our kids by not exploding and beating everybody up are thinking that maybe they lost a little bit of power so that's why that one kid was like raging all night you know what I mean so like I guess my question here because I do have a question is like what is your take on this like for an interaction to turn violently physically aggressive what does it take to get to that point and does it have anything to do with this feeling of powerlessness doesn't take much is the answer I would give <laughs> unfortunately and one thing I'm noticing that you did is that you helped the, the kids to deal with the insult. And you 
I feel like you've provided them with kind of a model by, by telling them that there is more strength in that restraint, in not acting out on that rage. So that perhaps it provided some form of support for the ego, for their egos and their self-esteems that were being assaulted by these racist comments. And without that support, it would have been much, much more difficult. And that peculiar um, kid that had it like rougher, um, it probably would have been way worse for him. Yeah. But, but there needs to be something to compensate in a way. Like I could imagine, like I was listening to what you were saying, trying to put myself in their shoes to the extent that I can. Um, and I've known these experiences myself, not the same triggers, not the same uh, situations per se, but that that sense of having being insulted and not having done anything, quote unquote, not having done anything, because not acting out on it is definitely doing something and not wanting to reconduct or entertain or like put gasoline on the fire is definitely doing something. But then Brent is saying that it doesn't take much. So like doesn't take much to act out on it i think that's yeah that's what i mean like uh like so what what can we do to you know like lengthen that mm -hmm. that that time it takes to react so quickly lengthen the fuse yeah. that could be an image we could use yeah yeah it's about talking and educating right because there's a lot of the um violence when it comes around racism and and standing the uh the forefront to to protect and and uh, you know go to any length to you know uh, prove people wrong is um, you know to me it's a learned behavior you know because historically that's that's what we have obtained um, that's what's been imposed on us and again it comes back into that intergenerational trauma of violence you know whether it was locally fending off hunting territories or different villages or uh, migration, you know, then the ships arrive, we learned more violence, you know, to protect what's ours, you know, maintain and salvage the little bit of peace and prosperity that the villages or communities had. Then, you know, the French and Indian wars, the fur trade, the, you know, Hudson Bay, the integration and migration of mixed marriages and into, you know, the early 90s, you know, we look at all the violent e events and situations that happened in Indian country, you know, the 70s, you look at uh, Wounded Knee, you know, and, and, and that's not to um, discredit like uh, the battle at Bighorn and all those historical and, and meaningful time periods or, or situations that Indian people had participated in. But the events like uh, Wounded Knee in 1973, you know, there was a lot of people from the community here and across Turtle Island that had participated, where now you're dealing with the FBI, CIA, different military backgrounds, you know, being shot at in exchange of, you know, 1981, over 500 Certe de Quebec or SQ police officers had ra raided uh, Listagush, the incident at Restagush where the Quebec government tried to prevent the Mi'kmaq community of, of harvesting or fishing salmon, where there was another assault of violence on you know, a peaceful community, peaceful peoples, you know, kind of Sadage, 1990 here, Kanawage, 1990, violence. Um, 98, there was more violence, uh, Kanyage, Moss Lake, all these different 
situations and events where it was more violent. But the pretty thing about violence in those types of situations, it, it brings out the unification, the collectiveness where the animosity between you and I that we had in the Edgewater over whatever reason is now um, at bay. You mean the one where I tossed a beer bottle at your head? Like... <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. Didn't, did not actually happen. Just, just putting that out yeah. there. <laughs> but now it's, it's, a, it's at bay and that the enemy is on the, on the outside now. The enemy, enemy is looking inside. And we carry that mentality still today where the outside is still our enemy. Yeah, for sure. For many reasons. But instead of doing it in a proper way, you know, which is why education is important. And, and, and when I talk about education, it's not having that formal, formal education from an institution. You know, it's how to be diplomatic. It's how to understand those politics, you know, and to show the outside that we're far more beyond angry people where because the federal and provincial governments not listen to me or band offices or whatever, I'm going to jump 10 feet in the air and use that aggression, anger, and frustration, go out drinking and, and fight among my own people. And the outside sees that. It's working. We gave you all these mechanics and mechanisms. And for me, you know, because I like to overthink and analyze things, you know, that Campbell Scott, it's a powerful quote about, you know, absorbing the Indian into the body politic wasn't just meant for that time period. It, it still continues today where the governments and these foreign entities still see a lot of First Nation, Inuit uh, communities struggle with these types of things where you're absorbing yourself into that body politic. They, they just give you the instruments. There you go. And that's why a lot of our, our people, you know, uh, that grew up in the culture or reformed and learned a lot about the culture and continue to live in that way of life, say that alcohol and drugs is, is, is not meant for you. We can't handle alcohol and drugs. And we knew that from the moment that it was introduced to us in those big barrels. And today, lawyers and, and those types of professions, they call that imperialism, which is another extension of loss of land. Mm -hmm. So when you lose a big parcel of land, culture or identity, what are most likely the two things that are going to come up? Anger and violence. So it's something that's. I think instilled in us, you know, I, I could be wrong. I'm just an average Joe. I don't got much of an education, but it's just uh, food, food for thought. Right. I mean, after I you, you I just gave you... us like this <laughs> yeah, super right. elaborate history lesson. <laughs> I think you've got more education than most. Cody. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're, you're pointing as, as I think you often point to the complexity of this, you know, we could, we could even go further, yeah. further back yeah. and, and see how, just the fact that violence was a response in those moments means that it was already ingrained even before that, you yeah. know, and that's, and that's just, it's the, it's one of the ways that there is oppression, right? Like just having, so this comes back to your question, like how do we lengthen that fuse? It's, it feels like just this huge question because it is such, it is such a, an old system this the way that we have we, the way that we have internalized the use of violence as a way to have power and to see like there's a little bit of sadness in this to see how 
it's it's so good, quote unquote, uh, that it even gets people to band together around violence. And there's like some sense of pride in that. Uh, it just shows how how it's working, you know, how how this system is working to to even have us convinced that this is actually a way to be together ar- around violence. Uh, there's something there's something truly sad ab- ab- about that, and we see that we see that all, we see that all over the place. I mean, so the the education is re- is really like you're saying it's not a school education that is it is needed. It's really a education around what what I don't know. I'm not even going to get this right. I'm not even going to try to get this right. Go for it, man. <laughs> try it. I'm not. I'm not. It's gonna. It's it's it's. It really feels like it just needs three little dots, and there's something about complexity there, and what. What is strength really? Well, mm. I'm going to jump in here and uh, probably an unpopular opinion, but um, I wonder, like, if we take the word violence, like violence has an opposite, right? And like, what's the opposite of violence and aggression? It's kindness and caring and compassion. So they can't exist without the other. There has to be a balance. Like if violence didn't exist, we wouldn't have a need for compassion. So like, in my mind, I'm thinking that I, I don't even know if I own this opinion, but this is just where my thought process is going. But I don't see violence as um, always particularly negative. Because like in that story, I just brought up about our kids facing violence, look at all the good that came out of it. And then you both mentioned that people band around violence. And my kids connected and banded around a violent situation. But I guess the difference is, is that it did not escalate into something extreme. Like nobody got physically hurt. So like, again, just for sake of putting this out there, is violence always a bad thing? Or is it the way people express violence? Like reactionary responses aggressive physical behavior like is that is it always bad because you could have a really great reaction to violence and like like you were saying like that people had to kind of band together to defend territories so in that sense being violent in a state of defense is that a bad thing like say if I were walking down the street and I got jumped by somebody and I'm defending myself by acts of violence. I'm going to beat the crap out of anyone who does that to me. <laughs> is, that, is that necessarily a bad thing? So there's a bunch of different ways to, to look at the word violence and aggression. Like it's very, very triggering to see it. And it's a very like harsh word. Like when I think of it, like my visual of the word violence is like lots of red and orange because of color theory. And like lots of really aggressive lines or something around it because it's really that triggering. But is it, is the word, is the vocabulary always bad or is it just all the things that happen around it? Like, can we take violence and somehow flip it to make it less explosive and less extreme? Sure. I mean, not too long ago, I, you know, had an anger episode where I didn't know how to refrain. And instead of walking out my door and just having a cigarette and coffee, I had a shouting match and became violent and kicked a dog cage, which frightened everybody, you know. 
children, my mm-hmm. wife, uh, everybody got scared. Now, is that something I, I want to portray myself as? Is it, and it doesn't help that I'm like eight feet tall and like 500 pounds and like the most noticeable Indian from 10,000 miles away, you know, and, and, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. But I guess flipping the script and trying to make violence not seem so scary kind of comes into that protector's instinct. You know, lacrosse, for an example, I was on the coaching staff uh, previous lacrosse season and kids on the floor got the brunt end of the refing and parents and everything else and name calling and parents banded together to protect the children, which could have became a real violent situation. Mm-hmm. But violence did appear where it was shoving and name calling and, and what have you. But that just becomes basic instincts or natural instincts of protecting children or defense. Yeah. Yeah. But what I also learned in, in my own therapy sessions was she's like, Cody, you're a big guy. I was like, here we go. Body shaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big guy. And she's like, how come you always look like you're ready to fight? I said, uh, I don't know. You know, I was just always watching out for my own thing. Stuff happens, you know. And she's like, well, is anybody coming to beat you up? Is anybody waiting outside for you to fight? I was like, no, no. I'm... And she's like, okay, breathe. So, like, so I went from the fighting always, Irish. Always wound to up. Just, yeah, just to like, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> Have a good day. That's okay. Now my arms are free and I'm not doing the fighting Irish no more. Where do you think that comes from? There's, there's really something <laughs> just... And, <laughs> This, what I'm going to say has no reference to to your size, Cody, but it's an image that was here even before this, this documentary about these, I think it's sea elephants. These things are, are gross when you look at them. Like they are the ugliest, right? Like, oh, but they are huge. Yep. Just crazy huge. David's going to look it up. (laughs) And there is aggression, right? The the biggest one, if if the other male tries to come, you know, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna show that aggression, but it's like over like that. Yeah. It's over, and then you see it, and it's chilling on the beach, right? It's chilling on the beach. It isn't always ready for a fight. It is chilling on the beach, and yeah. it used that aggression to protect something, you know. But we're talking about like these animals, right? Like there is a sense that that it's almost like that what has been ingrained into us around the use of violence has, has us like sort of going in the wrong, the wrong direction of evolution, Mm. you know, like when you're talking about using violence, it's, it's the, it's the, the problem is that it, it doesn't just, it's not just a, okay, now I'm going to use this to protect whatever my life right now. It's, it's, it's never really that anymore. You know, there's always this, it's often just a misuse. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a misuse. Like you're talking about protecting yourself being jumped yet, you know, just talking about the war that's, you know, wars always all over the place, but this war in Palestine, like these, you know, these things that are going on and just justified because of, because of things that don't make any sense, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the taking of the taking of life and the harming of others. We know this to not ever lead to unification. Mm-hmm. And we remain on this, in this place of tension all the time. Yeah. And it's just, it's just crazy. This, that spark, that, that, that fuse is, is always just so, it's just so short when violence has to be the way to resolve whatever. 
I'm gonna like touch on something that you said. Like I'm I'm hearing with everyone here, we're we're talking about violence, but it's always paired with defense and protection. Mm. And like you just said, it's not always in defense anymore, but is it? <laughs> like if we take like an example of domestic ab abuse or uh bullying, for example, lateral violence. So um if I'm, you know, not happy with the way I look, but I decide to cut down Cody, is that like an aspect of self-defense? Because like I'm protecting my own ego because somebody else, mm -hmm. like deflection, you yeah. know, like I, I kind of feel like those two are tied closely together. And I mean, it, again, it's all in the delivery, right? And maybe we're defending the wrong things mm -hmm. with it. That's that's what it feels like, you know. This there's these perceptions of of danger, like you're talking about, you know, mm -hmm. the 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 perception of my image and my value that I feel like I have to defend versus like this story that I'm talking about, where these these animals are defending their lineage, you know, and their and their children, there's a lot their lives, right? Like the actual life, not their like emotional life. And, and, and there's something, there's something there where there's a, an important difference, you know, where there's a, there's a sense of threat where the, where the threat isn't necessarily toward my, towards my life, but perhaps towards something that I've built to define myself, mm -hmm. you know, something that some might call the ego, you know, there's a threat to that. And that's the thing is that whatever that thing is, isn't actually real, mm -hmm. which is why it is so fragile. And which is why this violence can just erupt at nothing because of the fragility of what it is to be a man. Yep. And as soon as there's something that is threatening this idea of what it is to be a man, I'm not even conscious of that, then there goes up the defenses. And if aggression in the sense of violence is something that is accessible, which it is to all men, then it's going to be the thing that comes out. Mm -hmm. I was just watching a video yesterday and a training that I went through and it's uh, Brene Brown. Mm. A lot of people are very familiar with her. She talks a lot about vulnerability and different things. But uh, one of the quotes that she had mentioned was that like with uh, with men, we talked about vulnerability before, right? Like it's, uh, it's really hard. The world doesn't support um, men being vulnerable for all the reasons, right? So she said that because that that's not supported, the only two reactions when faced with a difficult situation or some kind of triggering situation is either to shut down or to physically lash out. And like Cody actually mentioned that once too, like in when we were talking about relationships and you were saying like with your, with your, with your partner and like, like you come home after a long day and then she's harping on you to do something and you can't tell her like, Hey, like I'm feeling this way. Can we do this tomorrow? Because she's going to get upset. Mm -hmm. So like, your options are to like, you know, start a fight about it, just do it and be resentful or punch a wall. Like those are the options, you know? So it's like, is that, is it really that much of a dichotomy? It's like where you literally just shut down and then just sit with the resentment or you have to physically react. Like, is it? Well, a big part of that is, and I think a lot of, a lot of people struggle with it, not just men, but you know, uh, it impacts men a lot too, is not being emotionally available. 
Mm-hmm. Where it's, it's or you mean like men are not most emotionally available or people yeah. in your support group are not emotionally emotionally available to men? Well, yeah, both ways. Both but ways. In general, men are, are not emotionally available or physically physically available or, you know, mentally available. Because, you know, we're in our head so much that, you know, we're beating ourselves up and creating this unnecessary amount of aggression. You know, then once we let out that frustration and that hurt and pain that we're trying to identify in ourselves, you know, it, it results in, in violent events. And, you know, when we talk about violence, right, it's not necessarily hands-on. It's, it's a lot of verbal, I think, a lot of verbal, uh, mm-hmm. verbal abuse. Uh, not so much physical, but uh, not to dis- you know, discredit or disregard physical violence. But And throughout those types of violence, you know, whether in the least amount or the least one that's not talked about so much is, is the sexual violence, you know. And that just clusters into a whole other component of um, the bullet points that you have, you know. Oh, yeah. I have down and, endless, endless, endless bullet points. And, you know, that that impacts us. And, you know, because society has shown us that we have to prove a point in in society or in life. You have to make a name for yourself. Whether you could be the biggest, baddest, strongest guy, whether you could pick up car transmissions by yourself, whatever it may be, and you have to live up to that, then that becomes generational. Uh, Your kids try to follow into that, your grandkids or even uh, nephews. But it it doesn't resolve what's going on in here or up here, you know, because, you know, I really have to give a lot of credit to Brent for for introducing me to a lot of this mindfulness concepts and and understanding, you know, how powerful and how in-depth it goes, because we're never mindful of the next event that's going to happen. That's true. You know. Can't predict that'll happen. So understanding that or trying to understand it a little bit more helps me become mindful with the words that I'm going to release. So I've learned that the hard way because my words become violent. And when I let out those words, you can't call those words back. So it becomes a fester and pot on, on top of the wounds that you're already struggling with, right? With your mental health. And, and you kind of just close that door. But once we continue closing these doors and not do the work or try to do the work or speak to somebody and, and uh, get a better understanding of what's going on internally or, or mentally, we just continue with this behavior and by the time the light flashes before our eyes, you know, we're collecting a pension and <laughs> sitting home being that miserable grandparent or, or whatever, right? Because we never have an opportunity or supports or resources to, to properly shine. And society has given us two types of tools, three, alcohol, drugs, and the internet. When you start the addiction or that journey with addictions with substance abuse or alcoholism, those are your two opportunities to showcase your talents. And what are some of the talents that you get to showcase once you're under the influence? Womanizing, fights, um, the list goes on. Yeah, because like uh, all those, all those things kind of enhance your feelings, right? Like they're, they're, what's the word? Like depressants. There's a word for them. They're downers. Yeah. All those things are downers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it comes around to the same thing with um, relationship. Uh, the womanizing part where um, the sexual abuse, uh, the dopamines, 
you know, you take that away from someone that's addicted to the dopamines or the imp- intimacy of, of sexual intercourse and, and those types of behaviors, you become violent, angry, frustrated because you're not getting what you need. And that's the same thing with people that struggle with alcoholism or, or substance abuse, right? And we become violent. We lash out and we do things and we just create more chaos. We live in a world of chaos. Yeah, I agree with that. You talked about be, like the one or the other, Karina, just now that question sort mm-hmm. of, is it? Shut down or explode. Yeah. And, and we could, we could make a link to uh, being in control, you know, like there's this message that boys get, right? To be in control. And it's not said that way. It's said like, don't cry, stop crying. Yeah. Right. And that's just the beginning. Right. But that, you know, when we're, when we're at that age, crying is the emotional expression. So don't cry means don't have emotion. And so here's this, this message that's ingrained across so many cultures to little boys be in control. And so shutting down is a way to be in control and aggression and having power over somebody with the physicality is a way to be in control. Mm-hmm. And these are things that, that we're taught are right. That's what it is to be a man, is to be in control. And we're actually not in control <laughs> of anything, you know, because we're not a part of that 1% who rule the world. So, you know, what's the, what's the alternative? These, these poles, these polarities that you're talking about are, are, are pretty, pretty quick solutions to, you know, uh, finding control in, in a world where you have actually none. I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, again, bringing it back to like my, my teens and the interaction they had. Uh, I think we need to redefine these words a little bit because power is not a negative word. There's just a whole bunch of negative connotations to it. And we talked about the patriarchy and things like that before. And like, it can be really, really, really toxic. Sometimes the connotations around power, especially when it's abused, but like we tried to redef, we did redefine it with these kids by like actually telling them you have more power by maintaining your composure. So like that, they were able to control their own emotions. And again, control is not a negative word either. Because it's, it's all depends on like the actions that follow these words, right? But I'm assuming that you allowed them to express these emotions, to, to talk to you about what they yeah. were feeling, right? Yeah. Because control in the, sense, uh, the, in the sense that Brent meant it would have been, don't, yeah, don't exactly. go there. Supportive like, environment. Be better. Don't feel that anger. Don't feel that rage. You're better than these guys. Just bottle it up. So circling back to the question that you had, one thing that can be done because there is an insult there is an aggression that comes it's going to generate powerful emotions mm-hmm. you need you need to have like a the safest space possible to talk about it mm-hmm. so that these emotions can be expressed in a way especially when you're younger where you can't do that uh, very easily on your own and even for adults we find ourselves in situations at times where we're pushed to our limits where we also need a good friend a partner, a therapist, a colleague to just say, wow, like this thing that just happened, like 
it really got to me and I'm still, it, it sent me on a spin and I'm still, okay, so and what is it that you're feeling? Well, this, this, this and that. And just in the saying and just in the expression of what you've been through and having that validated by someone helps in, in, in diminishing like that, everything that was activated. Like it. So that's one possible weren't. outlet that is not in the range of violence and aggression, talking about those feelings sharing them having like kindred spirits or other people seeing yeah that 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 was really painful like <laughs> i can't remember where i saw that that meme on the internet but it said something like never in the history of humankind having told someone to calm down ever worked <laughs> it's true so it's true. like when people are my triggered i'm like <laughs> well that's it so when people are angry like i remember when i i, I had more of a a, um, a psychotherapy practice just saying like you're really angry or it seems like you're enraged helps and not like in a sing-song voice like just acknowledging that this is the emotion that's there especially for anger which is the normal reaction to being treated unfairly to injust injustice so like i've pronounced that horribly but like <laughs> but so being heard already restores something in the sense of like it, it can help like heal that that injury that that insult at least you're being heard and that's fair so it's uh what i'm hearing is that it's like um the lack of coping skills or a lack of like supportive can be a lack of supportive figures can be a lack of outlet in terms of actual people around you but also like internal resources if you never got to practice them uh, so like what you did with these kids is an example of providing that structure providing a different narrative and allowing for a space to exist where they can say like yes this is really enraging i don't like being told these things about who they think i am and i feel very much that like i doubt that they would have used these words but like I, i'm trying to paraphrase the experience like uh, of like feeling belittled, feeling that they're telling us that we're lesser than. All mm -hmm. of that really hurts. And I want to fight back. Yeah. Because like, well, with them not responding physically to all this stuff, like on the bus ride home, like they... They needed to discharge a lot of energy there too, eh? Yeah. But it, it was great though. Like mm -hmm. they were laughing and they were all together and they still, they felt a sense of pride. And Absolutely. together afterwards. So if we look at it using like a metaphor that would use like neurology or neuro, um, like physiology, like this created a lot of like, it, it generated a lot of energy that needed to be discharged in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but they did that, you know, like, where is it that I heard about that thing? Uh, we were using like um, examples with animals earlier. Animals who, who undergo trauma in the sense that they came very, very close to being successfully hunted by a predator. Some of these species, you observe them, they go through like a, a kind of a sequence after that. And they don't carry a trauma in the same sense that, you, that human beings can. They'll kind of shake it off. And then it's kind of like we could, I think it's understood as the nervous system kind of resetting itself to kind of a baseline where things are. Mm -hmm. maybe closer to what they were pre-insult, pre-assault, pre-aggression. Mm -hmm. So they did something with all of that energy that was brought up from the aggression from that other group. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good point that you bring that up, you know, like through my own uh, experiences and like being in therapy is um, 
having all that pent up energy and mm-hmm. um, trying to de-escalate the emotion and or even feel the feel the moment or the emotions in the moment is doing something for myself. And that's what everybody forgets, right? We don't do anything for ourselves or anything that makes us happy. It's always like, uh, well, forget me. I'm going to do something that makes David and Brent happy or X, Y, and Z. Then, eh, all right. That kind of went away. So it becomes like this repetitive habit where uh, we're meeting everybody else's needs except ours. Then we get upset because we're depleted or have no energy to to do anything. And and for me, you know, meeting other people's needs and doing stuff for people is, is okay to a certain degree. You know, mm-hmm. if I, you know, if I take you over for supper and pay for supper, you know, that makes me happy because I did something good. And, you know, it's it's natural. But owning my own frustrations, my own anger and, and my own attempts to to violence is, you know, putting that into something constructive. You know, if I want to learn something about the language, I'll invest it in that. I'll learn a word or a structure of a sentence or the root words and what it means or a song or a little bit more about the history and the different origins and, oh, excuse me, the different entities of medicinal usage and um, stuff like that. So by the time I put in a half hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is, I feel better and I obtain new knowledge. Then when someone comes through those doors requesting for help or meet someone while I'm getting my bologna sandwich, it's, it becomes um, reciprocity sharing what I've learned to help somebody else. And then I feel good. And it's kind of like uh, a pattern that I'm getting used to, you know, because I've learned from a lot of people and a lot of people that I've got to learn from were very strict and stern in their ways. They have a lot of anger issues and, and, you know, violent and uh, what have you. But by going through that process and, and learning and experiencing those not so good experiences of trying to obtain new knowledge or, or understanding of, of a way of life. I got sick and tired of hearing, well, I had to go on the road and travel. I had to travel here to learn about this and learn that and that. So you have to get on the road and go learn this and go learn that. and da, da, da. So if I was to be that teenage person coming to learn something about the culture or whatever it may be, and to hear something like that is kind of disheartening and, and kind of just like, well, are we allowed to swear on here? Yeah. Okay. Like, all right, well, kiss my Be big real. brown, kiss my big brown ass, and and walk away. And so, that's one less person that's gonna be able to showcase their their positive traits, talents, or gifts and roles and responsibility that they can contribute into the community. And that's why, like, lateral violence is 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 so shitty because we're always discarding and discrediting so much raw talent and gifts in in community so then when we see these people doing doing the time doing the crimes doing all these different acts and then whatever is because all those big that big toy box of shitty words of shame belittling hopelessness learned powerlessness and all these things just keep them in their own little comfort zone of well today's thursday i'm going out and i'm fighting there's yeah. thirsty Thursday. Someone's, <laughs> someone's going to endure something, but <laughs> there's so much out there to to reinvest that energy in and and to explore different things. And you know, it's like we're stuck in this little little box, and we're scared of change. Why? Why? Or where does that come from? Why are we scared of change? Like it's like the million dollar question of like why does change affect me so much? 
so growing that capacity like you can't you guys can't see or you people can't see but cody's got got his hands sort of like <laughs> facing each other and making like That's a little like, box <laughs> kind of thing and it's like there's this sense of what we're speaking about is growing a capacity you there know? you go thank and, you and what you're talking about to me re, re, like brings the word care mm. and, and, and values, you know, and kindness and compassion, all these things that need to be cultivated, yeah. right? They don't, they're not, they're not just going to be available to us. We have to invest into them. And as we do that, as we live lives that make more sense, that are aligned with our, with our chosen values, things that, you know, things yeah. that, that we actually uh, intentionally uh, you know, want to put forward in our lives, there's a capacity that grows as we are able to be more kind towards others and have more compassion towards others. The capacity grows and bringing that back to this metaphor that David was speaking about with the, the physiology mm. that, that needs to discharge. Well, there's, there's more of a container for that. Yeah. And so someone walks, you know, by you on the street and hits your shoulder and it doesn't trigger the, what the fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know, because, because there's, there's alignment in your life and you can, you can take that and it can be just okay. And you can have access to, I don't know what's going on in this person's life. Like those other kids, they've also lived, you know, discrimination. They are also oppressed. They are also having a shit time and they don't have access to anything else other than these violent, this violence and these words. And the more that we can have access to that as a response it allows this discharge to happen and then we don't need to go to the we don't need to go to the aggression we don't need to go to the violence you know we can laugh we can go back to the gym and do the things that they do you know to to be together and then it's just gone mm. it's gone as an event you know and no one went to jail <laughs> Back to and, the sea yeah. elephants or yeah. whatever they're called <laughs> on the right. beach there you go <laughs> basking on the beach so um, a couple of important things that I, I noted in... I don't look like an elephant. <laughs> no, he does That's not. Much, he's much better looking. Yeah. At least yeah. two times better looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, David. Thank you. Why don't? You can't make me laugh too much. I'm going <laughs> to cough all over the microphone. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, like everything that you guys have been saying, I've been like noting a couple of like key things that are just, you know, literally connecting it all together is um, like, well, yeah, like we don't have anyone supporting that capacity for us to build that balance and the equilibrium that we need. Because when I think about violence and compassion now, I'm looking at it as a spectrum, like a seesaw spectrum. And we kind of need to be right in the middle because neither are good or bad they just are and it's just it's every it's all the actions that determine the connotation of it um but i i see like what we don't have currently is anyone to be that buffer for people to be like to validate the feelings to validate the experience to redefine these words for you like power not in the, like, you're going to rule everyone way, but your power is how you keep your composure, like as an example. So we don't have that in place. So how do we even attempt to build coping skills or other responses that are not reactionary without these things in place? 
And where I'm going with this is like, where do we learn our first bits of socialization? At home, right? So like if we're at home with our families and we're just witnessing violence all over the place, like the bad, bad scenarios Mm -hmm. and our parents don't have these tools to help support our capacities then we're really not going to learn it anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, where do we get started? With yourself. Like with yourself. Yeah. But then how do we educate from here? Like how do we help parents or give families the tools to be able to support each other here? But you're right. It comes back down to the individual. Yeah. That's um, rates of passage and communications and validating feelings and emotion. You have to have that ability to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could say, okay, you're feeling sad, you know, okay, well, let's talk about that. Why are you feeling sad? But if you have that ability to to have that conversation with yourself and understand it, you're far more ahead of the game than, you know, I'm not trying to eliminate any kind of job, work myself out of the job, but <laughs> in counseling, you could do that yourself. Mm-hmm. It definitely helps to have somebody supporting the effort, but you, you're, you can, you could do it yourself. Because if you can't, have that conversation with yourself and, and speak to yourself on a very intimate way. You know, it's, it just becomes uh, fraudulent or manipulation to yourself where, okay. But if you could truly look into that mirror or pick up a mirror and look at yourself and, and say, I love you or talk to yourself or have a conversation while you're brushing your teeth or whatever you're doing, you know, you're far more ahead of the game than you were yesterday or anybody else. because. Once people start getting into needing somebody or having that codependency of having someone validate them or their feelings or whatever it may be, that person will never have any sort of understanding of what it is to to truly be in those feelings and just be like, ah, I'm going to call David or go see Brent because they validate me. But if you don't go out into the woods or wherever it is and, and to sit in your own discomfort or your your own experience or having an experience in, in gratitude or solitude, you'll always need somebody. Mm-hmm. So taking the time to, to be in your own discomforts or going through that helps you and kind of eliminates the middleman. But it's also always good to have that com- conversation with yourself and to speak to others and reach out to others. You know, this is like more job creation, but establishing that relationship. Not only with yourself, but with others and um, putting up boundaries, you know, where you want to take this, how you want to take that or or whatever. Right. And it comes back into our first five episodes of everything that we talked about, because those are the core foundations of who we are as a people. You know, uh, it's our our foundation to our our structure. And a lot of these things that we, we talk about, you know, violence is just one of many windows on our home that's to be installed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to have that conversation, Cody, with yourself, I think you'd, you'd agree that it, it requires the conditions for mm-hmm. that, for that to be okay, you know, and you talked about going out in nature and nature, nature always reflects to us that it's okay, right? Everything that is going on in nature is okay, yeah. right? It just, it happens and it passes and it's a part of the seasons. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes community, like the people community, also can let us know that that's the case, but maybe this is not so much, yeah. uh, you know, but if, if the community can also support us in the way of saying it's, it's, actually, it's actually okay, yeah. 
for these things to be, then I can have that conversation with myself much more easily. Right. And then maybe, and then that's it. And then maybe I don't need there to be a specialist being the only one saying, Hey, it's okay, by the way, for you to have this, you know, because, because it's a part of what we understand as a, as a community, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that person that hears you out doesn't need to be a therapist. It can be a friend or someone that you, that, mm-hmm. that gets you that, that you feel understood and heard with. Because to me, I think it's a mix of both. Like we're not, uh, just to use like some images, like I feel like humans, we're not, we're not like cats. That seemingly are, have uh, maybe an easier time being independent and by themselves. And of course, there's a, a wide variety of cats and temperaments and cats, but... Don't want to insult the cats. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so I feel like human beings, like there, there's both like, of course, building up like your own coping, your own internal strengths, knowing yourself, having a good sense of purpose, meaning, self-esteem, all of that. But we're also very social animals. And we, we live, I think, to me, we live in a state of interdependence. Mm. And, and we can wish for that interdependence to be as healthy as possible. Yeah. I think what you were referring to is, is, of course, like being like dependent on someone to manage every aspect of your life is far from being an ideal state of being for an adult, especially. Mm-hmm. We're born like that, but... Uh, normally that's that's a state we want to get yeah. out of and like i remember colleagues psychologists that would say that basically your job is that you don't need me anymore as a therapist so so to me like it's it's kind of a balance with these two aspects and you know just to be clear david's the only one that had identified as a cat and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm more like a big moose <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> noted <laughs> back to you jim um okay so i i've been kind of like thinking of this theme we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap it up in like just a minute because we could just continue talking about this uh, topic for a very very long time and the next few episodes are going to be talking on about different parts of violence Mm -hmm. today i kind of feel like it was just sort of an introduction Mm -hmm. discussion to Mm -hmm. it and then we're going to get a little bit more specific with it. But I hear like what I've been hearing a few times coming up is um, that there's survival based violence, like animals, <laughs> mm-hmm. like the elephant thing, defending themselves just so that <laughs> <laughs> defense, using violence as a defense for your life, mm-hmm. your biological body and life. But then I'm also hearing that there's a, a social survival aspect of it as well. And as humans, we do have both yep. for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess it's, it's just a matter of tempering between the both, right? Like when is it appropriate to use violence? Yes, in survival situations. But then in cases of violence where like say lives are taken or something, is that a survival defense or is that a social defense in terms of war and things like that you know Mm -hmm. so like it's a very (laughs) these are very complex questions (laughs) it's not so much a question i'm just trying to like i'm just wrapping up Mm -hmm. what i've been Mm -hmm. hearing from you guys um so we're not really gonna get into too much anymore for today but i just want to ask you guys just to pose a question how are you feeling right now (laughs) 
We talked about coming in all peppy and a little apprehensive. Sun's starting to set now. But like after we just had the, this discussion, um, what's going on? Like we're leaving here today, like now from this, like a few episodes. I remember leaving really emotional myself after some of the episodes. What are mm-hmm. what are we leaving with today? I'm leaving pretty, pretty good. You know, it's like how I came in is how I'm leaving. I'm still <laughs> that like, big smile. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. It's, like a, it's Friday. There's 10 minutes left to the work day and. Mm-hmm. To your work day. Yeah. That's great. That's great. For me, I think th- this conversation was really, really stimulating. And I'm, I'm still kind of in my brain, like, uh, um, thinking about all of the, 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 the super, like, sometimes complex questions that we're, we're raising. Um, there's also a sense of, uh, yeah, the day is coming to, uh, to an end. And I feel myself like, uh, nearing that state where I'm, will start like cracking weirder and weirder jokes. So it's, it's a good point that we're stopping here. Mm. <laughs> uh, I kind of, I kind of wish you got to that state of cracking <laughs> weird jokes. For the, for the bloopers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One day we'll get to that. <laughs> Now what I'm going to say just seems ridiculous, but because <laughs> it seems so poetic compared. I'm just like noticing the light of the sunset, you know, and, and just ap- appreciating that. Like there, there is a sense that, you know, we, we, we just sort of got like the toe in to, mm-hmm. to something and, and it feels, it feels fine. You know, it, feel, it doesn't feel like we skirted around anything. It feels like there's just a lot to get in on this uh, subject and uh yeah it feels it's it's the it's there's there's no apprehension left like the, okay. the, that was there Good. before you know it, it's uh feels like we're the, i i appreciate the momentum and it feels like the next step is just sort of a natural place to, to go to and we got here naturally also mm-hmm. um and i hope like in future episodes i think it's important that you said no one's skirting around any issues i hope it continues that way and yeah. yes you can swear yeah, and cool. like, <laughs> I want it to just, just be honest and just express and yeah. So thank you for coming on the, on the podcast again. Yeah, how, but, but you? how about you? Yeah. Oh. Wow. <laughs> you <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Well, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in a room with three professionals. We're listening. <laughs> oh, no. I already had a counseling session today. How do you really feel? No, I just, uh, like, like this, you know, we've been trying to plan this since before the holidays. Again, we took a bit of a break there. So it feels really good to get back into the studio. And I always have a bit of my own apprehension coming on to do these things because I, I, I am very thoughtful and mindful about not taking the stage because it's not my stage. So like, uh, like I feel good today that you guys feel really good about this. And I'm also like, oh man, I have so much more stuff to do today, but that's like not related to this podcast. So I'm still feeling busy. I'm just hyper-focused right now. Hyper-focused. But we share the stage. We share the stage. You have just as much of the stage as the rest of us. I agree. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Oh, that's how you get balance. Balance mm-hmm. comes back to that, right? Yeah. Okay. So thank you again. Thanks for the listeners. Um, We will see you again in the next episode. Yeah.
views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your DWSA and its employees.